We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Peret Ches, Pasuk Tes Zayin. Sor to Uda Chasom Torah Minimudoi. So we saw at the beginning of the Peret, Peret Ches, Yeshayahu is crafting his prophecies to various diverse groups. Uh, he speaks to the people of Yerushalayim who are rebelling against uh, Chizkiah and want to join the uh, Ten Tribes. He speaks to the Ten Tribes. He speaks to Sancheirev. He speaks to the nations that are joining and making a coalition with Sancheirev. So now, though, at this point, in Tess Zion, Yeshayahu seems to be stating to Am Yisrael his own credo, as it were, a personal statement. So let's pick it up, Tess Zion, Sor Teuda. In other words, preserve the testimony, the edus. What Yeshayahu is saying here is that he is convinced that the only way Am Yisrael is going to survive is by learning, mastering, adhering to the Torah. So he's saying, preserve the Eidos. The Eidos is considered a shorthand for Torah Shebiktav, the written Torah. Moreover, Chasom Torah, seal the Torah, meaning here the Torah Baal Peh. Belimudai is my Talmudim. Seal it, preserve it with my Talmudim as well. Each Navi had his own school of disciples and Talmudim, but of course, here, Yeshayahu means something much more broad than that, specifically Talmidim forever, for eternity. The only way to do it is to educate the Talmidim in the Torah Shabbat Peh, Torah Shabbat Tal. Hinei onochi v'hayoladim asher nasanli Hashem la'osos l'mosim b'Yisrael. And the children that the Kaddish Baruch Hu gave me as a sign and as a mofes, a single, the wonderments of uh, my nevuah. You will recall Yeshayahu had uh, three. One, he named it that um, to pursue the booty, come quick, uh, and uh, the name is Maher Shalol Chashbaz. The other, which is a message of immense pessimism, the other is Shar Yashuv, which is the polar opposite, a message of redemption. And so he's saying to them, as I name them, as a signal of prophecy, it was the Kaddish Baruch Hu that commanded me to do it. I didn't make this up, but the Kaddish Baruch signaled me that for both the prophecy of redemption and the prophecy of destruction, I name my own children as a signal. Now, a very puzzling two sentences, your test from Kof. And if they tell you, or when they tell you, seek out the Ovos and the Yedonim. The Ovos and the Yedonim are that form of Avodah uh, Zorah when you communicate with dead people. Uh, necromancy. It is usur mediorisa completely, and that don't follow them. Don't people are going to tell you go to the necromancer, go to the one who divines from the dead people. 
And he uses a very interesting amatapia, anamatapia, hamitzafzafim. It's like the chirping of birds, these, these charlatans who, you know, speak like birds and mahagim, coo like birds. Hello, amelohav yidrosh ba'ad hachayim el hamesim. Says Yishayo, it's true. Every nation seeks its own God, but do they go to dead people to determine, you know, what the fate or what the future is going to be of live people? And I think the Rav Schwab puts it very beautifully, I'm going to just paraphrase it, that um, to go to dead people to tell you the future of what live people is going to be is idiocy, from Schwab's words, not mine. In other words, don't, don't even listen to them. It's ridiculous. The Torah or the Teuda, hold on to the Torah and to the Eidos, the Torah Shabbat Peh, Torah Shabbat in lo yom hazeh asher ein lo shacha. And so that once you do that, they're not going to bother you with the avos and yadonim because they see that these things, these pursuits of avodah zorah, ain't no shachar. There's no light to it. There's no purpose to it. The question is asked, the Mephorshim point out that at this time in the history of B'nai Israel, certainly in the era of Yeshayahu, there was no such thing as yadonim, or certainly not in the land of Israel. So that what is he talking about, Yeshua? Who's he speaking to? And interestingly enough, the Mephorshim say these two sentences are not the words of Yeshayahu. It is a nevuah of Bichri. Bichri, who was the father of Hosea, was a legitimate Navi, who lived during the conquest of the Ten Tribes, and was exiled with the first group to leave, and was therefore, we know that Sancheirib moved them to different places, outlier nations, etc. So there he was faced with this problem because it was a partly pagan society with now populated by Jews, and so he is addressing it to them. So it's a two-sentence nevuah made by a Navi, not Yeshayahu, that is inserted here. And the only reason you can think it's inserted here is because he uses those same words, the Sora, Ulusa'uda, Ulutuda. It follows what Yeshayahu's thought was. Now says Yeshayahu, for Ovar Bar you are going to have a period where you, and he is referring to the terrible suffering uh, inflicted by Sancheirib as he captures Yehuda, and also, of course, the ten tribes being exiled. And he says, you are going to have suffering, you're going to have famine, you're going to be famished. The hierarchy Yerav is got safe when this happens, when it's just so much suffering and so much hunger. You are going to curse Kilel, Bamalko, Uvelohov, Ufanolamala. You are going to curse your kings, you're going to curse your God, you're going to blame everybody but yourself, in the end you're going to look heavenward for salvation and it is going to be too late. <coughs> you will experience and you will see 
deep sorrow being a really physical affliction, the chashecha, the darkness, the darkness of spirit, the afela menudach, a deep, depressing darkness in your lives. Interestingly, Yishayahu now concludes the parrot by saying, but there is a differentiation between what you are going to suffer and what those first groups are going to suffer. The first group, which we're referring to Naphtali and Zulam, which were exiled, went relatively without violence, without pain. They were just led to a gullus. Similarly, Ruven Shimon, Ruven God, Vechatsi Shevet Menashe, that were on the Averher Yard, I mean, they went as well. So, the first people to be exiled didn't have the suffering you're going to have. Hakel Artsa Zvulun, the Artsa Naftali, and then the Acharon, the last group, Hichbi Derech Hayom, so Derech Hayom is that first group, Naftali and Zvulun, who were the young near the Kineret, uh, near Tiberias. Aver Hayardain, of course, are the two and a half tribes that lived on the east of the Jordan. Glil Hagoyim is in the midst of the nation, meaning right there, so they are the ones that are going to suffer. So there's going to be a differentiation in suffering. But suffer they will, it will be a darkness and terrible, terrible famine, which in fact comes to fruition. So now we move into tests. To understand Tess, we go back really to that extraordinary king we learned about in Malachim, Chizkiyahu. We will come to him in a second. Because Chizkiyahu uh, is going to bring, at least momentarily, an era of light, of Torah, of prosperity, of miracles. So we begin, Pasuk Aleph HaOm HaOchim B'Choshech, we're referring to that era of Hizkiyahu. They are going to see light in an era where they've been walking in darkness. Yoshev, the Eretz Salmoves, those who have been living literally under the shadow of death, or Nagalehem, a light will break forth upon them. Um, you cannot, at this point, exaggerate the importance of Chizkiyahu. Chizkiyahu was a king without power. Some say in many respects he was greater than David because David had at least the sin of Bathsheba and Uriah Hachiti, which we've learned Chizkiyahu was without sin. So great was Chizkiyahu that the Medrash tells us that he was to be considered at one point as the Mashiach. In other words, Sancherib would be Gog and Magog, that final battle, but then would come the Mashiach and the personage of Chizkiyahu. It doesn't happen for a variety of reasons that the Gemara and Sanhedrin explains, but are too complex to go into now. But he established a system of Torah, of Bate Midrashos, throughout the land. The Gemara says they sent out teachers throughout the land and they tested the people. There wasn't one person who didn't know the intricacies of Tuma and Tahara. There was Torah. There was just goodness uh, in Chizkiyahu's era. So 
the hidalta hasmecha, the joy will grow with It will be like the time of the harvest, the joy one has in harvesting his produce and bechalakim shalol, dividing the spoils of war as it were. That's how much joy will reign in the period of Chizkiyot. Bear in mind, he, while he's speaking in the present tense, it hasn't happened yet. The whole battle with Sancheirev and Chizkiyot has not happened, but he is prophesying that. He is also called as Mateshev Says the Navi, he has also loved because war, when you fight war, it is war of noise, the clanging of arms. It is um, uh, but here there will be on his shoulders of greatness like Kiyom Midjan. It will be like Midjan. Midjan, you will recall, in Shoftim, is the battle of Gidon where Gidon conquers the Midianites without a shot being fired. They're, they're only, he says he needs only 300 men. At night, with the Midianites circling them, he blows the chauffeur and they make noise and they make a very loud clang of warfare. The Midianites get terrified and fall on each other. They kill each other. So without a shot being fired, Midian is sort of a symbol of a war where the Kaddish who made it so miraculous that you can't deny it. That will be Chizkiyoh when Sancheriv comes to the gates of Yerushalayim. He calls own son in Barash. That's what we're saying. Every war is symbolized with Noise, the noise of armor, of bloodshed, the similar Magolal Abadamim, clothing covered in blood, the Hysol is straight from Machelas Aish. But here it will be like an inner fire that Sancheri will be defeated. There will not be the noise of war, and as we're going to see, you didn't have to shoot a bow. It was done by a miracle where 185,000 soldiers were killed in one night. He yelled at you, Ladlanu, for a son is born to us, Ben Nitanlanu, that is Chizkiyavatihi HaMishral Shichmo, the Ruach, the Spirit are on his shoulders, Vayikmershmo Pelayoiz, he will be called by the Kodesh the Supreme Advisor of Gibar Avi Ad Sar Shalom. Uh, of course, again, I would add this pasuk is a source of problems to us because the Christians and the Christian theologians use it as a proof of the birth of the one they call the Messiah. That will be born a son. But of course, we show that we say lanu. The word lanu is added to us. And you're talking about something that happened 500 years ago before you can assert this. Lamarbe. Interestingly, Lamar Bear is also read with a closed mem, a mem so fit in the middle. You usually don't have it. The reason is the mem stands for Mashiach, that at this point he is not going to be the Mashiach, but he is really have been considered Hamishral Shalom and Kate Saki say David. There will be no end to the dynasty of David. He will rule with justice and with mercy. Hinas Hashem will do the uh, glory of God, will do this. 
we will continue with the amazing personage of Tsukio, Kiskio, rather, tomorrow, 10.45 at Khan.